Beginning the track, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. Here we are. We made it to the very end of the track. Well, the very beginning of the track. Of well, the, 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 yeah. the, the end of the beginning of the, the wait, the beginning, yes. beginning, the, the, the final episode <laughs> of how oh boy. Okay. See guys, I have a reason because Andy's got me doing this introduction and um, I'm slightly buzzed. It's Saturday night. I don't think he's got an excuse. It, it, it's, it's Saturday <laughs> night, and uh, things just really worked out for me if she could make this introduction work. And she said, but I've had a couple of drinks. Just a few. And I thought, oh, perfect. This will be just, it'll be just like being at the masquerade in the Star Trek convention. It will be. I was about to say, I don't think many people have seen me very drunk, um, but like Star Trek Las Vegas kind of did it. But you have experience now in talking Star Trek while inebriated. So I'm not worried. Uh, so welcome, everybody, to Beginning the Trek, to the drunken edition of Beginning the Trek. Just the intro, guys. If you haven't heard this, this is not the place to start beginning your trek. Go back, listen to the good stuff all the way through. Uh, this entire thing was set up very purposefully to begin in the correct way so that you get all of the backstory and uh, you end up in a good place to start exploring the way I will be. People uh, have asked me and yeah, I'm going to keep watching Star Trek. That's just not even a sentence you need to utter. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to keep watching it. Well, not only that, but you you said last week that you plan on on basically going back to the original series and filling in every gap that you didn't see all the way along. All of the Spock's brains. All of the Spock's brains and arenas and shore leaves. Uh, and to be fair, all of the redemptions that I haven't seen, too. Oh, my gosh. We're going to get to redemption eventually. In, in, I don't know, a couple of years, whenever you finally actually make it there. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> Plus right. you get Discovery to watch, too. That's true. And who knows what else? Uh, the new Picard series. I'm super excited. We got to go back to Picard for this episode. We did. So for those of you that are joining us for your 52nd time, or at least along this journey, uh, today's episode, our final episode on the track, is from The Next Generation, the series finale, All Good Things episodes one and two. We'll be talking about that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Jessica's going to be giving her slightly tipsy and a little bit longer than normal synopsis since I gave you five of my sentences from last week. And they were much needed. You need, Of course. I mean, all good things is like, you want to talk about story, story, story and character and all like you could have been given 40 sentences. It wouldn't have been enough. I mean, at that point, you might as well just watch it. But I will be recapping this before we do. If you have enjoyed any of this, go to the website, beginningthetrek.com. Click on the donate button. It's PayPal. Anything you feel like it's been worth it because we want to keep hosting these files. And that's all I'll have to say about that. If, you, if you've made it to here, give us a couple bucks so we can keep going. It's been awesome. We are so incredibly grateful that you that you hung with us, and we're trying to keep it going as long as we can. We want to keep it up on the website, and we want to keep it up on our hosting so that people can continue to enjoy Star Trek. So if you made it this far, it was probably valuable for you. Throw us a few bucks just so that we can keep it up and running. That's all we ask. Thank you. Thank you. Jessica, are you ready to give us your 25-ish sentence synopsis of All Good Things? I am. Can I try a drum roll? I just want to see how it turns out. You can give it a try. That worked pretty good. Yeah? That sounded pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Do it. All right. Worf and Troy just finished a date and are going in for goodnight smoochies when they're interrupted by Picard looking kind of dapper, let's be honest, in his slinky little gray pajamas. He's been moving back and forth in time, and the memories are vague but disturbing, and they seem much more than a dream. He's interrupted from this by being 25 years in the future, on the farm, of course, dealing with having friends like LaForge who think he's completely crazy from Euromatic Syndrome. Picard, and honestly myself, wonder if it isn't a hallucination when he starts seeing people in rags just yelling. Suddenly, he's with Tasha Yar, going to the Enterprise for the first time, even before Encounter at Farpoint. And back to the present, Crusher examines Picard and finds nothing wrong with him. But on the other hand, there is this weird thing happening in the neutral zone and the Romulans are going to go check it out, so therefore we are too. 
Back to the future, back to the past, convincing everyone that the other realities aren't a dream and the Devron system where this anomaly is is the only thing consistent and they must check it out. In the future, Data's a bit of a dandy, LaForge seems to be indulging a crazy old man, Worf is back with the Klingons who are super pissed at the universe, but kinda good news, Crusher is willing to give in for old timesakes. They were married at some point after all, and even though they're divorced now and he's behaving like a total ass on her ship, she'll take him to the anomaly. In the past, he's confusing everyone, but they're all Starfleet officers and accept his command even though they don't really know him and would really like to know what's going on with him. Clearly, Q is involved. Picard calls him out, and suddenly the ragtag mob that he's been hallucinating makes sense to all of us. They're the people from Encounter at Farpoint, when Q put humanity on trial because that totally made sense to do that, and it totally makes sense to do it again. We get a bit of 20 questions with the only yes or no answers, but Picard messes up, and Q really only admits that the anomaly is involved, and yes, the time shifts are really important. Also, humanity is wiped out, but not by Q. This time, it's all Picard's fault. The ships from all three time zones arrive at the anomaly, and Picard is really bugged that as he goes further back in time, the anomaly gets way bigger. LaForge's eyes are healing, miscarriages are happening, Q shows up again to take Picard back to prehistoric Earth where the anomaly is actually stopping life from ever happening because, you know, anti-time. Anyway, we get some character stuff because future Troy is actually dead and Riker's still an emotional child who blames Worf because he never asked Troy out on a frickin' date and Data texts a lot of the tech. Past, present, and future Picards are going back and forth, beautifully combining into this perfectly paced and directed encounter in which all three ships go boom to stop the anomaly that it turns out they created. Thank God I have a couple more sentences for Mandy because this story doesn't end there. The best part is Picard waking up in the courtroom where Q actually takes part of the responsibility, you know, sort of, the way Q does, and Picard is grateful not only that they withstood the test but that the end of humanity is not his fault. Well, it never was, but that's beside the point. The trial never ends. The point is that humanity not just explore the universe, but all of the possibilities of existence. And after all that big sacrifice, Picard jumps to the present, just in time to join a card game with the crew. And what is life if you can't understand that the good stuff is good people, friends? Just, you know, sitting down for a game. That was great! I know. That was really cool. <laughs> no, I mean it was it was nicely paced. It was very it, you said it with very naturally. We should have gotten you drunk long ago. It's episode, episode 52. 52. Yeah. Uh, Here we go. I mean this is it. This is the this is the conclusion of this part of your trek, of your trek of the of oh my god, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> This was a great, this was a damn fine ending in episode, and I think for us, it's just, this is a, it's a perfect year, a perfect 52. <laughs> it's been a really great year, and, and I think, I think, we'll talk more about it when we get to Talking Trek, uh, I think I accomplished my goal of introducing all of Star Trek to you as best I could in 52 episodes with a few recommendations along the way, maybe a hundred extra recommendations along the way. And that still didn't cover the 600 and something others. And it's still just a small fraction of all of them. So here we go. Episode Episode 52. 52. Let's talk episode. All good things. All good things. Now, is that like all good things must come to an end, like Q says, or is that actually all good things are wild and, oh, what does Thoreau say? All good things are wild and free. Mm. I didn't actually read the entire, like, it's a giant essay. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there's a Nelly Furtado song. Do you think that they were referencing that? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But but whether it was, you know, all good things are wild and free, all good things must come to an end, as and they didn't. Even though that's what he said, Q. This felt like one of those, though. This was very, this was very TNG of like we we're gonna wrap things up, but we're not really gonna wrap things up. We're gonna go make movies. Well, yes. So they kind of couldn't wrap everything. It's not like they could put a little bow on it and be like, "End the end." Right. Right. It wasn't really possible. But as a wrap up episode, so so this was the wrap up for. You know what? First of all, why don't we get your rating? Oh, okay. So now, five out of five what's? Oh, four out of five poker cards. Four out of five poker cards. Okay. And I was being a little nitpicky. I know this is extremely well-loved, but I think in what it did, 
it was TNG's, it was beautiful. Yeah. It wasn't five out of five because it wasn't outside of TNG beautiful. Does that make sense? And I have been outside of TNG. Yes. So watching it, I completely understood and I have enough of it from way back when we watched Next Gen. If you haven't been sitting there watching it for seven years, it doesn't have that same. And I got that. Yeah. And that's why for me, not five out of five. With the whole journey with Q, with the whole thing going on there with Q, especially and 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 coming really, really well coming done. Full circle back to the trial in Encounter at Farpoint. Yeah. Some just beautiful writing. Beautiful writing and beautiful acting. Remember Patrick Stewart? Oh, the most beautiful acting. Right? I had forgotten just how dapper that man is running around in like a little gray robe. <laughs> um, I had forgotten a lot with TNG. Was... Every moment felt real when... Very authentic. When he ends up in the shuttle at the beginning and sees Tasha Yar. And when he skips and he was just like, I was with Tasha. That sadness. Yeah. And he's affected. I was just like, oh, oh my goodness. But again, this is all so very TNG-centric. It's these characters and these moments and their history. And it's not really outside of that. And that's true. I mean, this was, after all, the finale for this series. And it was exactly what it should have been. It needed to be quintessential next generation. Uh, no, I thought in execution it was unbelievably amazing. The pace, I, okay, I have to say I have missed writers who know the hell they're doing. <laughs> and I don't think I would have said that before I started analyzing Star Trek on this podcast, but the pacing of this two hours was gorgeous. It was spot on. And it's something I never would, or I wouldn't know that I'm noticing it without having talked to you weekly sure. about all of these things. I have missed writers who know what they're doing. They so know what they're doing in this. Yeah. And it's so beautifully done. Yeah, oh, yes. The execution of jumping from time period to time period. It was, yeah, I, I'm a big fan. Even the production of, uh, I mean, you could go, we could go in so many different directions. I'm thinking about the production of bringing back O'Brien and bringing back the old data. You know, yeah. igniting the midnight petroleum and how how totally goofy he was. Oh, yes. How the time periods felt. This is why I said to you, go watch Data Lore and then go watch the Pegasus before you... Did you get to watch both of those? I did. Awesome. I was extremely tired by the time I watched All Good Things. But, but, but it gives you that reminder of what Data was like back then with the languaging right. and, and, you know, some of that goofiness. And then you can see where he is in, in the seventh season and then, of course where he ends up with the hair and, you know, making little quips and flamboyant is what he is right? a little bit with his, Oh, the moment with the tea, Earl Grey hot. Of course it's hot. What do you want in it? Nothing. <laughs> uh, that was beautiful. I love it. There were so many little beautiful moments, but they didn't leave behind the story to have all of those beautiful moments. It would. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this episode. Awesome. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Obviously, I this was, um, I, I I knew we were going to do this episode as the final episode way way back because it seems to tie up everything. Yes, it's very it's very next generation specific, mm -hmm. but it really does kind of remind us of what we're doing out here. What was Roddenberry's vision? Q puts it so beautifully. Right at the very end. Yes. Yes. I had his I had his quote, which I I had his quote too. Uh, Did we write? down the same quote? Of course we did, because it's a brilliant quote. The trial never ends quote? Yes. Okay, I can do it. We wanted to see if you had the ability to expand your mind and your horizons, and for one brief moment you did. For that one fraction of a second, you were open to options you had never considered. That is the exploration that awaits you. Not mapping stars and studying nebulae, but charting the unknown possibilities of existence. Yeah. Beautiful. So very, so very Star Trek in my mind, yeah. So all good things must come to an end. And we've had a really good run charting star systems and mapping nebulae mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's time for that to come to an end as we explore our next phase of exploration in the universe is kind of how I took that from him. It really, he's such a fan of humanity and he's a fan of Picard. He, he's just a tough parent, you know, or a tough master or whatever he is. I don't know. I, I think Data was right. Picard's a bit of his pet. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. There's a, there's a bit of a, like, I'm going to jerk you around because I can. Right. But in the end, he's rooting for him the, all the way. All the yeah. way. I've definitely changed my mind about Q. And part of that... Told ya. Of course you did. Uh, <laughs> part of that was listening to Delancey talk about Q. 
guy's freaking brilliant. Uh, he will, like, I, I watched him in Vegas and, and I've seen um, other interviews where he'll take a really kind of crappy question, but he'll make it interesting because he's so thoughtful. I really enjoy that. I, he clearly got Q in the way that they were wanting to use him in a way that I didn't get until I think this episode. He was fun in some ways and like obnoxious in others, but I didn't get it until this one. I get Q. Yeah. Yeah. And taking it back to the primordial soup was a little bit, oh, I get I get Q. Of course, he makes the whole thing happen, and he admits that he makes the whole thing happen. Well, the continuum does. Well, the, he makes they make the time travel happen, and out of that, yeah, it's timey-wimey. Gets a little weird when you got the three enterprises, the three ships, the, right. the you know, all, all that going on there. Although it's nice to see the other characters, because Picard, especially in the future one, is having to convince, he's not crazy. No, but for real, my anger is legitimately, I'm not crazy. And then when, when the, everybody, all of the three of the Enterprises get to see the other ones, they're like, oh, he's not crazy. <laughs> well, and, and, and they indulge him, the older Picard. They indulge him at first right. because he was the captain. It's patronizing. And they get deeper and deeper and deeper into trouble as they go into the neutral zone and they're dealing with the Klingons and the attacks and all that stuff. And they still indulge him up to a point. And just when they're like, he's just got to go back to bed. Yeah. They literally sedate him because they, they don't like what he's saying. This freaks me out. And it's Data that has the epiphany of, wait a minute, what about this? And then they go back and look. And it was, it's uh, so I love that, that he just right at the end there when they're about to put, yeah, they're about to sedate him. Again. Like a crazy person. Yes. Um, because he was acting crazy. Gives you a little perspective on when you see somebody that's acting like that, they may not actually be crazy. Well. They may just be really convicted on something and not know how to express it. That's true. Yes. So so uh, the timey-wimey ask, let's talk about the timey-wimey of it a little bit. Okay. Because uh, I know that that has not been your favorite part of Star Trek. You get a little, you, you just wish there was some consistency, if I remember correctly. I want things to make sense. And I'm not alone in that in the Star Trek world. So the fact that I have to turn off my brain, especially in a series that is so beloved for being technically correct, is frustrating. And I know I'm not alone in that because... And you can nitpick things to death about mistakes across the board. It's just that it's so obvious that when you deal with time, you're going to have mistakes. And people know this and they introduced like eight different ways of timey-wimey. And this was... That you saw. This, that I saw. And this was even a new one. Well, it wasn't quite new because it was um, like godlike being affecting. Yeah, it, it, it was a new way of doing it. So it was... It, this was just cue saying, I don't care what the rules are. I can just snap my fingers and you're moving. Right. So it wasn't actually... These weren't actual timelines. These weren't... This wasn't actual end of humanity. I don't know if ever. Maybe... Q has the power to do it. Q's, again, godlike being. So yeah, who knows if those things actually happened in some other dimension and that's just the way it is, but he saved ours or if now we're into that weird time mechanics stuff. I don't care. I don't care. In the end. I care in the way that it makes sense. I want it to make this at least made sense in a, in a, in itself. In this little nut of Q, it makes sense because at least I can accept that there's a godlike being who is outside of time and manipulates stuff. Okay. At that point, you can just put in whatever magic and techno babble that you want and it's fine. It's when you get into the other stuff that I'm just like. Okay, but now you're tr you purposefully didn't make it make sense, and then now you're trying to make it make sense, and you have 14 different ways of making it make sense, and none of them make sense, and they're all contradicting yourself. And the funny thing is that Star Trek has called itself out for doing that. So what are you going to do? Like, just let it go. Yeah. And this is totally me for the last full two minutes, letting it go. <laughs> Perfect. That's, I wanted to give you an opportunity to say whatever there was about the timey-wimey in this because it's, an, it's, it's yet another timey-wimey mechanic that wasn't used, as far as I can remember. I don't remember Q doing the time travel thing with anyone. Oh, tapestry. 
Oh, go watch Tapestry. Great episode. Okay. Sort of time you want. Actually, I told you about it. Uh, it's the episode where he gets to go back and relive a fight he had. Yeah, um, yeah, the heart thing. We talked about that. The yeah. where, where, he, where he gets stabbed in the heart, yeah. So another kind of weird timey-wimey that once he gets to the end of that, he ends up back where he was. Right. So, no, like the t- the... It didn't bother me. It bothers me that I have to like force it to not bother me, which is that's my that's my problem and I I recognize that. <laughs> Understood. Yep. I get that everybody has to we all have we all have to suspend our disbelief to a certain area in different yes. parts of this and that's one that you have to really push hard on the pedal to do. Well, only when I I can do it just fine, but when I start it's when I start analyzing the episodes, which of course is kind of the point of this podcast is that we talk about it. So then I have to think about it and I'm like, Oh shit. I wanted to not think about this. I'm right there with you. I've, I've never watched Star Trek the way that I've watched Star Trek for this last year. I've, I've, and I've watched Star Trek all my life. And we are going to talk about that in the wrap up show. Yeah. Put a pin in those thoughts. Good. Okay. I will. Yes. Cause we got some, we got some things coming we up. We got so. some guests and some good stuff with yeah. that. By the way, folks do not unsubscribe cause we aren't done with the podcast quite yet. We do have a wrap-up coming and maybe a few surprises. We'll mm-hmm. see. But to return to this, something I wanted to note in this episode, I recognized his voice so much. There's a Romulan in this episode. Do you know who I'm talking about? Tomalak? Well, I don't know the Romulan's name, but I know the oh. actor's name. <laughs> uh, oh, what is the actor's name? He talks to Picard. He's also in Babylon 5 as Jakar, one of my, one of my favorite absolute sci-fi characters Mm -hmm. incredible i did not realize i don't know how i missed this he's the one-armed man really i did not yes andreas katsoulis he was the one-armed man he was the one-armed man from the movie the fugitive the second i heard him i was like oh that's jakar but i had no idea he was totally the one yeah i'm sad he's not with us anymore anyway i had to note that because of my extreme love of that actor well, he was he was actually a recurring character. Uh, he played Tomalak in several episodes of Next Generation. So this was okay. You're going to be recommending those to me because I don't even care about the story. You just like him. I really like him. I like his presence on screen. It I enjoy it very much. Well, let me, t- <laughs> let me get to the minute later. Okay. I would have loved to have gone to a convention and run into Andreas Ketsulis and then like Jakar and he would have been like wrong con. No, he would have had plenty of, uh, you know, they, they have their, oh, sure. their sure. genre cred pictures for everything. So yeah. But, oh, sure. Yeah. It's been a little while since we talked Next Generation. It's been half a year since you really watched much Next Generation. Yeah. We've gone, th- we went through, you know, two months, two and a half months of Deep Space Nine, two and a half months of Voyager, a month and a half of Enterprise, and then to come back to this. It was weird. It's a little different, right? If somebody, yeah, if somebody else has been watching along with this, uh, you can still comment and stuff. We'll, we'll still respond. We're going to keep the channels open. Uh, but let, yeah, let me know if this was as weird for you guys as it was for me. The, the entire art direction of the show, the way it's shot, the, the pacing, the writing, it's so so different. It's the same exact feeling that I got moving from TOS to TNG to DS9. Every single time I go back, well, now it's go back, see a new Star Trek, I'm like, this is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. It is so very other. Takes a minute, I guess. There's a few things I want to talk about regarding the episode. Some of it goofy, some of it some of it not so goofy. Um, some of it just, let's just nerd out on Star Trek for a bit. <laughs> All right. Um, I loved, e- even though the actors were clearly older, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry, but Cole Meany, you just, you just don't look like you did when an encounter at Farpoint. Neither do you, Marina Sirtis. Pasha didn't. It's seven years. You're allowed to get older in seven years. They did. They did a good job with Data, but you know they could put all that goop on his face. Right. And and he did a great job of going back and being Data. But just to see the th- th- that old timeline and to 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 put you back in it. They even did the Riker without the beard. And I know it was just a clip. Yeah. I know it was just a clip from another one. <laughs> that was so cheesy. It was totally cheesy, but it added to I it. I will say the one that was the least impressive was Riker because Riker older was not good 
it was not well done. It wasn't nearly as no. convincing. And you know they can do better because you look at the other actors and you're like, hey, all these other actors look legitimately older. Yeah. Because you put them in makeup, not necessarily because they are older. And legitimately in the way they should be young. But uh, Riker didn't work at all, I thought. No, well, and the other part of the, the Riker storyline that didn't work for me was they killed off Deanna. They just killed her. Oh, see, and I thought that was fascinating. Okay, Riker is still emotionally lazy, let's be honest. Yes, he is. They showed that through the whole wow. thing, right? Just, okay. Like, I don't want to pursue Deanna, but she's there in the back of my pocket if I ever want her. So now I'm going to be angry at Worf because at her funeral, I didn't get to be... What? Get lost. They even showed a couple of times during the the, the normal timeline. Mm-hmm. They have plans. Mm-hmm. He wanted to have plans. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, oh, okay. So it's like, dude, now's your chance. So I like that they that they did that, that they killed her off. It was like, yeah, well, she just, she never gets any love. She did, But they also made the, the future not great. I mean, for all of the Picard Crusher fans, you get to see them kiss and then you get to see them married and divorced. Like there was a lot of, this is not the utopian future we would imagine for our characters. You know, Deanna's dead. Worf and Riker are alive and doing things, I guess, but they're all pissed off at each other. Data's kind of a flamboyant, not doing much. Like, what is he doing? Like, for all of his skills and and crazy what he can give to the world, he's sitting around drinking tea and dyeing his hair gray. There was a lot that was like, oh, this is the future? Hmm. And I I definitely think that was on purpose. Her death was clearly a part of... Right? I'm not crazy. This was... A thing. No, I I think you're right. And as you started to describe that, I'm wondering to myself if that future was just a complete and total construct of Q's. I mean, yeah, I assume so. The past was a complete and total construct of Q's. And maybe he just said, "All right, so let's, you know, let's we'll 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 kill off Deanna, and I'll 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 make Data all weird, and I'll make you know, Jordy will be married to Leia Brahm, and that just doesn't make any sense if you've ever seen the episodes. I had no idea what they were talking about. He be creepy. Jordy the Forge be a creepy, creepy dude sometimes, and he was creepy with a lady named Leia Brahm. And they got married. Then apparently. They get married because... Well, just in this one, in Q's weird, like, we're going to give you something, but we're going to take it all away, too. Like, Picard's alive, but he's got dementia. Like, well, this sucks. <laughs> like, they get married, but they also get divorced. Hmm. You know, there was a bit of that throughout the entire future thing. On the other hand, what happens in the past doesn't feel too much like a Q construct to me because those people really do work as a team and trust each other and understand that dynamic. And Q is trying to learn about that. So he, I would have a hard time believing that he would be able to create them like that without understanding it. But maybe that's just a, now I'm just like looking for weirdness in, in, you know, in the story. I thought it was pretty amazing. Uh, not just the pacing that I mentioned earlier, uh, but without having been in TNG for a little bit, I did not get lost. I knew in which scene, what time period I was in. And you got to give props to the actors and the art directors for that complete immediacy. Even even not being in TNG, I could see... it. I mean, it was easier with some of the cues, like, uh, if, if Picard's got a beard, he's in the future. Like, that, okay. But it was also, sure. I mean, the way he held himself, the way they talked, the entire thing, it was the past and the present were closely enough aligned that I could see if it was other actors or if they had done it just a little bit, I would have been like, wait, what are we in? How is this working? And there was none of that, which is amazing. Yeah. And the way that they presented it, I really love the way that they presented it because it started out a little disorienting at Mm -hmm. first, just like it was for Picard. But as Picard learned, the cuts between timelines became much more clear even for us. This was so great. We weren't watching Picard from the outside, even medically. No, we were experiencing it. We're experiencing it. And there is a moment I did not recognize the, the yelling peasants. I, I did not recognize them from the original trial up, you know, so that reveal was like, oh, okay, good. He's not actually crazy. Or is this, he is crazy in this part, but not in this part. And he's going to have to hide the crazy to get them to believe the truth. It was really, really well done. Yeah. And that moment, yeah, that moment of like, yeah, 
It's like they know what they're doing. It's, it, it's <laughs> as though they've done this a couple of times and they've got some like for like years. A small amount of mastery around it. Mm. Love it, love it, love it. Guinan wasn't in this one. That makes me Guinan sad. Guinan was not in this one. And neither was Wesley Crusher. I wish that they had both been in there. We did get a lot of the a lot of people, Admiral Nakamura, Nurse Ogawa. These are people that you probably haven't seen much of, mm-hmm. but they they're there. They're they show up every now and then. So, you know, we're used to that. Uh, we talked about the tea, which I think is just freaking great. Was a beautiful moment. There were great moments in this. That char- that character, I have no idea why they would put that in there except just to give us a little fun with data. Yeah. But man, it was fun. Well, they had to he's like, oh, she makes me laugh. I was like, oh, this is very clearly so not data in the past. Right. I think it was just for contrast, right? Him in the hair. <laughs> she seemed like comedic well, relief. she was comedic. I just enjoyed her very much. She was fun, but she's meant to be I, fun. I, in going through, I'm, I'm on Memory Alpha, and I just flip to the future Admiral William T. Riker. Mm. It doesn't look good. The makeup is just splotchy. Yeah, something about the rosy cheeks and the, the wig didn't quite work i like wharf with gray hair though oh yeah and jordy looked phenomenal i thought uh crusher with the eyes captain crusher looked amazing captain crusher was amazing let's talk about captain crusher for a let's minute let's talk about you know i can't believe we would have glossed over her but she was phenomenal in charge of her own medical ship mm-hmm. telling picard dressing him down it's like you would never tolerate well that. deserved and yes and and he got it yeah and he did and he apologized i'm sorry yeah it, it was a good that was a great turnaround moment there and you can kind of see why they were married and why they got divorced and why they got divorced <laughs> yeah i think that they're both really good with it i think is awesome uh, oh, I wrote this down. I said, I, I wrote down anti-time. I wonder what she's going to think of that. Yes. A little Miss Timey Wimey. Now we have anti-time <laughs> to deal sure with. Sure we do. Uh-huh. Let's throw it all in there and make yeah, it. Yeah, okay. You Thanks, know, Q. It just, just uh, I, Doctor Who is my my love child or something. I don't know. I like Timey Wimey. You're not alone. I'm far more alone than you are. People love the time travel episodes. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't like them. I I want them to make sense. Give me some kind of lines that make sense. Although it's it's very relieving to have the acknowledgement of, we know this doesn't make sense. Like, even giving me that line of the... Who were the time officers in DS9? That did so much for me. Temporal Investigations? Yes. Temporal Investigations. Yes. Uh, that, That really... I was like, oh, okay. We're all good. Like, I can let this go because we can make a joke about it. So you know what I want to talk about right now, though? Tell me what you want to talk about. The big idea of this one. Because obviously, we talked about Q a little bit. We talked about timey-wimey. But the huge idea in this one and the things that have hit me most about Star Trek. Yeah? I have a thing. (sighs) Uh Uh-oh. No, it's not no. Okay. I heard the um, sigh. That's why I was like, uh-oh. No, no. It's I'm doing that because I, I people have lots of opinions on religion, and I don't want to get biblical, but I'm going to. There is So you want to get biblical? No, I don't want to get biblical. But you're going to anyway. This this is a it's it's a phrase from the Bible. Yeah. And I think you'll understand it the second I say it. Greater love has no one than this, than they lay down their life for their friends. It happens to be John fifteen thirteen, if you want to know that. Um But if you think about this, this is Q's test. And I kind of related it. I've thought about this in terms of original series and the movies. There's no big twist to it. At the end of the day, what makes this really amazing is this huge sacrifice that all of them in every time period of this episode are willing to do to save humanity, to save my friends, or, you know, the needs of the many. Yes. I mean, I know I'm just repeating phrases now, but this is the kind of thing that's hit me harder in Star Trek is when they show those things. When when that final scene with Q and Picard and he wakes up and he's just like, I'm not dead. It was all a test to see if you would. Very biblical. Yeah. What makes Star Trek so wonderful for me is that it, it and I, I've said the word or morality tale about a million times mm-hmm. in this track with you, right? Like, I, we just have. Yes. Hans Christian Andersen, Shakespeare, Aristotle, uh, Dickens. Yes, this was very Dickensian. There's lots and lots of examples of of, of literature out there where we learn how to be human beings. Star Trek at its core is one of those things. And I think that as we move farther and farther into the future, 
Star Trek is going to become some of like Shakespeare and like Dickens, and it's going to be studied in school. In fact, I'm I'm working on something along that right now. But I think that that um, it teaches us so much about how to be or how we can be what's possible for us or how we shouldn't be and and sometimes how i we... feel like it's a lot of that tng is a lot better at showing the best of how we should be we get a lot of how we should we get a lot of we do see how we shouldn't we do see us struggle mm-hmm. we do get that we're still humans out there we're still humanity out there we have our opinions we have our judgments we have our our strengths and our weaknesses and this gives us a chance to examine it. When you see three ships, three crews, say, for the greater good, knowing that they could have survived, all of them could have survived, mm-hmm. at least in their lifetime, but for the greater good, sacrifice all themselves. Not that I want people just to you know, run into buzzsaws and things, but I want us to care about each other. I want us to care about something more. I want the end game of humanity to be more than just we survived. Yes. I want us to get out there and make the universe something to, to shape it in ways I don't know I I'm, I want to I want to make a difference out there in the war in the universe I want to make a difference in the world I want to make a difference in the universe I can't get out there but hopefully we'll get out there and we'll make those kinds of differences to help everybody achieve more I am convinced that if we work together we achieve more than if we work against each other I would hope that history has proven that point and yet we work against each other in daily in so much of yes. what we do. So much of what we do. One of the things that Star Trek keeps me grounded on is we're all in it together. We can't do this without each other. And when we all work together as a team, as a unit, look at where we can go. Look at what we can do. Look at what we can see. See, and I got struck particularly by this episode of look at leadership that doesn't ever once question the sacrifice. Picard never once says, this isn't my fault. How could this possibly be my fault? No, he takes it on. He takes it on. He says, how is this my fault? Yeah. What do I do to fix it? And the people who know him, who later are indulging him, are still there because they know at at his core, there is nothing but sincerity and goodness. And he would not be doing something on the basis of malicious, selfish, anything. That's the goal. That's the dream. That's the leadership in any time period that you see it. Even when he's cold, even when he's unknown, Tasha, Data, O'Brien that don't know him at all. And and they're desperately like, they're begging him, give us a reason. And he's like, I have no reason except to say, he doesn't quite say it, but I know you and you're going to do this because you're the finest people ever. And so is he. And it's just such a, such a show of... Of course, this is attainable. I don't see that in myself or I don't see that in myself yet, but I want to. And thank you for showing me that, that captain. And then the contrast between that, this huge epic sacrifice and that gorgeous, gorgeous ending where they're all just friends sitting and playing a game. Yeah. Oh my God. That actually got me like, there's this huge, you know, you've destroyed earth and the primordial soup will never become man because of you and this big huge thing and then it's just like hey want to play some cards with some friends ah it's so beautiful yeah (laughs) i'm starting to i'm starting to well up here i know me too (laughs) i'm starting to well up i can feel it it's family that's what that's worth it's the little things and the big things. Oh, this was really good. Maybe I should have given it a five out of five. <laughs> uh, it's not too late. We're not done with the episode yet. You, uh, you figure it out. It'll be you all sentimental. The last one will be all sentiment. <laughs> hey, that's part of why it's on the track. It's it's so, you know, it's it, it, what, a, what a brilliant send off to that series. And I hope that this was the right final episode for your track. Well, let's talk about that. Are you ready to talk some track? Trek, Trek talk, talk Trek. We could nerd out on a lot of things. Usually this is where you give the recommendations. This is normally where, okay, so I didn't plan anything specific. And I think part of why I didn't plan anything specific is because I don't want it to end. (laughs) So just avoidance, right? That's a good... A little bit. Understood. And I wanted it to be a bit of an open book to talk about whatever's there. I didn't even specifically come up with recommendations because honestly, 
what do I recommend? You know, do I, do I recommend? <laughs> uh, right? There's only 600 XDX more episodes to go. Go. Mm -hmm. Go get started. Do I recommend you go to Discovery? We'll talk a little bit about Discovery, I think, in the wrap-up. Maybe we can talk a little bit about Discovery here. Why don't we do that? We can. We'll do that. I can say my plans from here are because the completionist in me is going crazy. So I am going to start all the way back with the original series again and power through TNG and finally watch the Dominion War because like that one killed me to let that one go and I still haven't returned to it. And then I'll finally watch Voyager in order. I don't know. The only one I really don't want to go back to is Enterprise. It was a fine show. I understand why people like it. I may or may not at that time rewatch it. <laughs> it's not a lot of people's thing. And, and there's a lot of great background. And there are some very good stories in there. Similitude. The Andorian Incident I thought were great. Some of them are wonderful. And I've seen those ones. And you've seen some. And there's others. I like the continuity in it. There's a reason that it couldn't sustain the same level of audience that all the other shows have sustained. And it but now we've got this promise of another Picard, which I'm just like, ah, I'm excited about this. Presumably the same Picard. He better not play a different Jean-Luc. Well, I, I would assume he's the same guy. Okay. But, but he's going to be in the future. It's after, it's, it's several years after the movies. What's happened to him? Did I watch the movies? You saw um, First Contact. Yes, I did. And we talked about Generations. Uh, we talked about Nemesis. We talked about we talked about the movies. Okay. Yeah. But the answer is no because I I have no like visual memories. Yeah, you didn't you didn't see them. The, the, some of them they're 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 anywhere from decent to good. There aren't any real clunkers. Maybe. But sounds like there's not really real shiners. There's a couple of things that that when it starts up we may need to to find out about like there was something that happens with data. Well, Troy blows up the Enterprise. I remember that. Oh yeah, that happens <laughs> totally. Don't worry, she gets rebuilt at least five more times. Um, you know. Or something. There's a lot of letters in the alphabet, if I remember the words correctly. So this is post-movies. Yes. Picard. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do with and that? And it could be anything. I think. Tell us what you my think. My personal thought, because we so badly want to see Picard, mm -hmm. they're going to create a story in which Picard is missing. And that's going to be, and it's going to be a search to figure out what happened or something, something like that. They're going to tease us. They're going to make us wait. Okay, screw that because I don't want to see people looking for Picard. I want to see Picard. It's going to piss me off. I'm with you. I hope that that's not, I honestly, like, I get why people don't want kind of this formulaic TV. DS, I, looking back, I'm seeing just how huge DS9 was on the franchise. Groundbreaking. Huge. I can, yeah. I can see the impact. There is something very comforting about being able to watch episode after episode these same characters, even if it's a little goofy, a little techno-babbly, things get reset. It's a little yissy, Timmy. Mm -hmm. I don't care there are people, even now you go to conventions and they're like, thank you for being that part of my life that was reliable. And I I think we're hungry for that right yeah. now in the 2000, the end of the 2000 teens. I'm hopeful that as we get into the 2020s, that that'll still be a thing so that in 2030, somebody can say, hey, those years were this reliable show that showed love and kindness and science and logic and growth and humanity really kept me going. I think we need that. And I don't see like an epic dark tale doing that for us. But who knows? I, I, I hope that the Picard storyline is not a dark one. The, the first season of Discovery was a bit of a, of a dark one. Uh, and from what I understand, the second season, they're lightening things up. They're getting back to Discovery, the Discovery part of Discovery, you know, where they go out and actually explore. This, mm -hmm. was, this was a war setting. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot in the mirror. And there's some stuff that happens with the mirror um, without spoiling too much of it. Yeah, right. they end up over there at one point. Uh, and it's insanely serialized. It, if you haven't watched episodes one and two, 
you might be able to start with three. I did see one. I did see one episode. Yeah, you watched- when I was in LA with you, and and I didn't understand a single thing. And people were like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know." So it's very, yeah, it's very much I, not I, that. Here's what I'm gonna do uh, to serve you. I'm gonna not even remind you what you saw. Thank you. Because I want you to just because I don't even remember. I want you to not remember it. I want you to go in and and you. And, and we're there. We're done. 52 episodes in, you said I can do whatever you could I want go and now. watch Discovery now. And <laughs> Guys, I'm... y'all can spoil everything. But other than that, I hope, I, I desperately hope they do another animated. I'm still, like, when I sit down to watch something and it's just for fun, then it's Star Trek, it's the animated. I, great. I am now on a second viewing. If you've got good characters and good situations, you can tell a great story in 22 minutes. You really can. You absolutely can. And you can tell a, a spectacular story with a great B plot too in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Next Generation did it. Original series did it over and over and over again. A lot of the episodes from some of the other ones also do it, but the serialized nature of television has altered things. Well, and the bingeability has completely. It's not like we're not. It's not like writers and producers and directors are aren't completely aware that when somebody sits down, they may be sitting down for six hours. Yeah. So the story not only has to work between, so that people can get up and be like, "Okay, I've had my TV show, whatever, I'm done with that," or for the person who is going to watch. And maybe that's bad. Maybe we honestly should have, "Hey, you get this released, and then it goes away." Like. People would hate it. I would hate it. But there's something to be said for that. You get it while it's here, and then it goes away. That was called television. <laughs> no, you don't say. Wait. And, 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 like, really, that was called television. I still, I, no, I still want to be able to watch it on my time schedule because it's not fair that I might not have been able to see Star Trek because it came on at 5 and I didn't get off till 7 or and whatever. And that was called a VCR. Fair enough. And if you could figure out how to properly set it up and somebody didn't, change the channel, you could watch Star Trek instead of Hanna-Barbera or whatever. Sure. That was how we we consumed it. There was no ongoing storyline because people couldn't tune in on a consistent basis week after week. And if you missed right, one... Right, the nature of the media. You missed it. Yeah. It was gone. But then it needed to be okay that you missed it for the next time. Exactly. So you push the reset button. We all know who the characters are. Gee, it seems like that McCoy guy was pretty stupid in the last episode, but he seems smart now. So we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, just the nature of how television has evolved over the years. This is kind of a fun conversation. Anyway, here's a confession. Um, we didn't own a TV until I was in my teen years because of the way I grew up. So some people will be like, oh, that's awful. And some people will be like, oh, yay, that's wonderful. I could certainly understand why you missed Star Trek when you were that age then. Yep. <laughs> Not having a TV certainly makes it more difficult. Not having a TV will do it. <laughs> Puts me out of my culture uh, when I talk to some people. Sure. But hey, you're, you're all caught up on Star Trek. Oh, well, you're not all caught up. You're, you're 10% well, up. I'm almost all caught up on Star Trek, guys. <laughs> I love the commitment that you have. So, so what are you going to do? Like watch an episode every day? Is that the plan? Okay, let's not add math to this. The only thing that I have said that I'm going to do is that I'm going to start over and watch it kind of in order so that I can kind of see how it, how it goes through time not just Star Trek time, but like yeah. the way the way you did it. Here's you should not, absolutely not, give all good things to watch for a newbie. Oh God, no! It's like there's a reason we would sit. Like it's like there's a reason we would set up this beginning the track. Or best of both worlds. Or best of both worlds. Don't do it, especially TNG. You don't care. It's not gonna work. So do it the way Andy has set it up. Start Corvite maneuver was so perfect for me. Yeah, I just that set hooks. Real deep. It does. Um, I I knew it when I would like like that's. I've been trying to figure out how to share Star Trek all my life, and then when you really wanted me to share it with you, mm -hmm. I really wanted to do it with intention, because it is too big. And that's you know. So that was where the idea of all right, what's the first one? And Corbett Maneuver was pretty much always going to be number one on the list because it's just so Star Trek. What we think is going on isn't necessarily what's going on, and let's. Like, not jump to a conclusion here. Let's indulge the better selves. Let's help. 
Let's figure out the problem. Let's use logic. Let's, yeah. Let's say who we are and then actually be that. Yes. That's new. It's not, though. People do that all the time. We just they do. don't talk about it on the news. So are we wrapping up? There is no next week, guys. Oh, they, there kind of is a next week. Let's talk about that. So we are talking next week. So there is a next week. There's a next, there's always a next week. That's, that's, didn't Q explain that? That <laughs> there's, there's so much more out okay, there. Okay, there's, there's Q's big ideas of what the way things are. And then there's the actual poker games where you get to sit down and be with your friends. And that's what next week is for us. It's going to be it sitting really down is. with our friends. And we're not just talking about you and me. We're going to, we're going to do some fun stuff next week. So we're going to do a wrap up show. And I. Do you want to call out the guests now? Uh, yeah. You want to tease a few of the guests? So I am actually really excited because I'm going to meet, um, the Trek Geeks. Bill and Dan Bill from and Dan, Trek Geeks podcast. Who the first time I saw his name, it's William, but he goes by Bill guys. I'm learning these things. Um, <laughs> and, uh, John Champion too. So I'm, I'm super excited about this wrap up. Awesome. Yeah. So we've got, we've got, uh, Trek Geeks. We've got John Champion coming back. He did a whole conversation with us about Undiscovered Country. So he'll be coming back. And then we're planning on watching a lot of Star Trek apparently in the future. We're going to request that you don't necessarily unsubscribe from us after the wrap-up show. We're going to come out with some occasional updates, something. We're not sure what it's going to look like yet, but maybe something. We're not promising that, but I still think you shouldn't hit the unsubscribe. Don't hit the unsubscribe. Because you never know. You never know what might come out. It could be amazing. Here's where we are. Jessica and I need a break. We know we need a break. This is why we set it up for 52. And then reassess what we wanted to do if we want to move forward. And we've hit a ball and it's been great. And we're talking about whether or not we want to do something in the future. We're not sure, but hold on to that subscription because you never know what we might be coming out with in the future. I want to say um, thank you to everybody listening. It's, uh, it's been, it, this has really been an incredible journey for me. I, Honestly, when we thought it, it was such a lark. I was like, we're going to get 20 people subscribed. Two of them are going to listen. And at least one of them are going to be both of our friends. Like, this is how far I thought. And it is not that. My favorite thing, my absolute favorite thing about Star Trek has been meeting friends. I have made real friends. And that means the world to me. Oh, my God. Um, it really does. Engaged, creative, funny kind people who I never would have known and give me something to talk to and something to talk about and be social. Uh, cause I know I'm not alone in being super socially awkward and having some anxiety sometimes. Um, I am forever grateful for that and I hope to make a lot more. Uh, so that, that has been my absolute favorite thing about this trek. I know I've ranted a lot and Andy has been good. If I sound cohesive, it's because he's, he's a really good editor. Um, it's given me a deeper understanding of myself, which is an incredibly egotistical and selfish thing. I wasn't expecting, but there are things now that I won't back down from because I've thought them through really hard because of Star Trek. And there are things I'm definitely going to let go of. And there, I, I hope in the future there are things that have been introduced to me through Star Trek. Andy's sitting here looking at me like, this is it. This is it. Um, I want to be more understanding. And I want to slow down. And maybe a little bit of what would Picard do? What would Janeway do? Um, uh -huh. What would Janeway do on a good day? <laughs> uh, who am I going to be when I'm pushed? These are all things that I feel are more defined for me personally. And I'm really proud of that because it's a hard thing to think about and star trek gives you those hard things to think about and i hope i hope everybody listening to this is uh on that page too it's been it's been amazing thank you thank you andy <sighs> you did this for me we did this for each other it's i i i'm not even you're welcome <laughs> i'll start with that um <laughs> i Good. i i Good. don't know exactly what else to say or add to that um i'm emotional i get your emotional right now too well, but <laughs> it's the end sharing this sharing star trek i know it's available for for when you really like make it a part of your life in whatever like it's silly to think of making a tv show a part of your life and yet 
the philosophies, the principles, the morals that have you want to engage in the conversations, the discussions, the group dynamic that maybe isn't even something that you're used to. Suddenly this gives you a a, a powerful place to go where you're accepted, where your input is wanted and valued. I knew that all of that was available from Star Trek. What you got blows me away. (laughs) It just blows me away. Um, I'm so thrilled. This is affecting you at a level like it's affected me. Um, And there may be people out there that are watching like, God, you guys are so serious about this right now. (laughs) We are. And there may be some people that totally get it. You know, there's probably there's probably every part of the spectrum. I'm just I, I can't even begin to describe how thrilled I am to hear you share how you got your community in watching this silly show that someone came up with 50 some years ago. I'm thrilled. This was so (laughs) worth it. So worth it. And we're better friends now than we've ever been too. And that was like, that's, that's really precious to me. Honest. I don't, the same thing with the friend. I don't, I don't take it lightly. I don't want ghost friends. I don't do that. I don't do it very well at all. Um, But yeah. Okay, so um, all that so. said, God, this might get emotional again next time with the end. No, no, next time's a poker game. We're just going to be friends. This is. We're all buddies <laughs> just watching Star Trek at that point. Nobody's got a podcast to do. Well, they do, but we don't. Oh, we'll be able to tease them. About having to do a podcast when we don't have to? Yeah, you have a podcast next week to record, and we don't. Well, I was a little bit afraid. I, I wanted to say this, the thank you and the re- what I've gotten. Because if you don't want to listen to the next one, well, you're crazy. Because it's probably going to be the most fun episode. Because a bunch of geeks sitting around talking Star Trek. How do you not want that? If you've been listening to this show, you probably want that. Uh, but it's not going to be episode specific. Um, so I wanted to put that in there in case people do give up on us. You shouldn't. Who we we have no idea. You just don't know where the conversations are gonna go. We don't. Who knows? And we could talk for hours. And, and and I can see I'm already on a tangent. Let me get back to what I was gonna say, which was to thank all of you, those of you who are Star Trek fans already, who came into this journey like I did, wanting to maybe have some conversation about it and wanting to know how to share it. Thank you for being willing to listen through all this and and hopefully um, you've been able to share Star Trek with the people in your life and that you're having some of these things happen with you too, that you're getting in conversations. For those of you who have never saw it before or who maybe didn't know much about it, all those people I've talked to, I meet a lot of people in all, you know, in Los Angeles and I share, I share this podcast with everyone and people, they, they they're looking for a way to understand Star Trek. They really are. So for you all, thank you for making this journey with us. I hope you got something. I hope it was valuable for you. I, I've heard from some of you. Uh, we've heard from some of you. And mm-hmm. and for all of you, you are now irre- irrevocably tied to the beginning of the Trek community. <laughs> and, we, and we love you all. You can run through this journey again with your friends. I think it'd be awesome to take them through it. I will mention we do have a donate button. It's going to be up on our page as, as long as we keep going. What we want to do is try and continue to host this because this is something that someone could pick up. Heck, five years from now, 10 years from now, if they wanted to learn about Star Trek, they could still listen to this and probably get a lot out of it. So we're going to try and keep it going. And that means we need a little bit of support from y'all. Those of you that felt like this was a, a valuable journey. Yeah, I'm going to be harsher because it's worth it. If you have gone through all 52, you know, skip a cup of coffee and donate it to us so that we can keep doing just a little bit. Do it. You know it's worth it. Captain Jessica makes a return. Okay. (laughs) Well, I did that a little bit because NPR did that to me and it kind of worked. I was just like, I have been listening to this for a long time and it has been worth it. Fine. (laughs) You know what? The the fact is, it's been 52 episodes. I'm going to say it. This show's pretty darn good. You and I are pretty good at this. We didn't start out that way, but yeah, we've gotten there. I think so. So, yeah. <laughs> it's been fun. Like, share, and subscribe, folks. We still have the wrap-up show. We're still at beginningthetrek.com. Yeah, don't don't leave us just yet. There's, at the very least, one really fun conversation coming up. Oh, you're going to start with the man trap. 
that'll be your first episode. So, original series. Enjoy The Man Trap. I, I watched The Man Trap. We just don't want to say goodbye. That's what's happening right now. Thank you guys so much. Lastly. Last, oh, one more. One more. This is for you, Jessica. Oh. Thank you for saying yes to this ridiculous idea. <laughs> this, oh, here we go. My pleasure. Thank you so much for being willing to go buy a microphone and set up this rig in your basement so that you could record. They don't know that I'm in my basement. You made it creepy. <laughs> you record where it's quiet, folks. Basements are usually quiet and creepy. I just really wanted to thank you. I wanted to thank you for taking this trek with me. It has been a ball, an absolute ball. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. And we'll see you at the wrap up show, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Less tearful. Awesome. <laughs> I think I'm going to go watch some Battlestar Galactica. Bye. Bye. So this is how we go out. We go out with oh a with a tipsiness. That's cool. Now and he's behaving like a total ass on her ship. She'll take him to the anomaly. She'll take him to the, the anomaly. Ships from all three time zones arrive at the ships from all three of the time zones arrive at the anomaly. <laughs> I'll get this. That was great. I know. <laughs> I am really proud of myself that I only messed up a couple of those lines being um, as the way I feel right now. 